Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Subscribe at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. As a subscriber, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. Sound good to you? Go to TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. That's TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Watch Texas Football Today live every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch, and get involved in the conversation using the hashtag TFToday. Yes! Yes! Yo! From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show online. My name's Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live, texasfootball.com, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, all of the places. Or listen to us in the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good. She is the Duchess of the Dorks. She's Ashley Pickle. Hi, Ashley Pickle. Howdy, friends. Doing okay? Yep, I'm uh, doing well. Having a nice Tuesday? Having a nice Tuesday. Good. Today is Tuesday, April 19th, <laughs> 2022. It's 219 days until Thanksgiving. Happy, <laughs> happy birthday. Happy birthday. To Tim Curry. Hmm? Tim Curry. Do you know who Tim Curry is? No. Wow. Tim Curry... The legend turned 76 today. Tim Curry from Rocky Horror Picture Show. Tim Curry from Annie, from Clue. He was the villain in Home Alone 2. He was Long John Silver in Muppet Treasure Island. How could I forget? Uh... He rules, and there's there's that that's not an opinion. That's not up for debate. Shout out Tim Curry. Happy birthday. Episode 1372. On today's show, friends, we are going to have some Math Tuesday. Math and Tuesday. we're going to take a look at how Texas high school football teams did against teams from outside the borders of Texas. We'll talk about that. The and world, as we like to call the it. The world. <laughs> and then back half of the show. That's <laughs> what the graphics said. There was a great, there was a, there's a great Norm MacDonald joke about, like, Germany and he's like you know it's funny I was reading up these history books and uh, yeah, they decided to start a war and they chose as their opponent the world oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about that and back half the show that's a joke for one <laughs> we're going to be jo- no it's very funny and uh, well, back half the show we're going to be joined by the new head coach of the Water Valley Wildcats coach Charles Bowles Coach Bulls left Cumbie to go take over at Water Valley. Water Valley, very interesting. A regional finalist in the six-man ranks in that mm-hmm. last year. Now moving up to 11-man for the first time since 2011. Or 2001, rather. So they've spent 20 years in uh, playing six-man ball. Been pretty darn good at it. Yeah. Now they're moving up to the 11-man ranks, and they're going to have Coach Charles Bulls at the helm. We're going to talk with Coach Bulls coming up here at the back half of the program. Do we have first four through the door? We have first three through the door. No one else commented. We have Rob Hadaway, Aaron Arbuckle, who said yeet, which makes up for the lack of fourth no, person. make up a fourth person. And Coach Terry Crawford. I can go to Facebook. Let's yeah, see. Yeah, go, go make up a fourth um, person. Let's go to Tanner Solis. Welcome right. in, fellas. All right. Okie dokie, Pickle. It's time for Math Tuesday. Math Tuesday. Math Tuesday, where we crack open the math books here every Tuesday and yes. talk about 
things that involve numbers. And I think here on this on this very program and here at this at this very company um, company, we've made clear what we think of high school football in Texas. Texas. Do you, Yeehaw. Do you think do you think we've been clear about our, our position as far as where Texas high school football ranks in the king. In in, in the, the grand scheme of things. I think we've been clear. If, if we haven't, we need to redesign our logo. <laughs> if, if we haven't, then let me clarify. The best. I think that Texas high school football is the best high school football in the world. And honestly, it's not up for debate. So don't, don't try to argue that with us. No. <laughs> but I also think we need to be, I need to be clear. And I've said this before, but you'll just have to bear with me. Okay. I think I have to be clear about what I mean when I say that. Do I think that every single year the best high school football team in America is in the state of Texas? No. No. I don't. Uh, there are times where the best high school football team in America is in Ohio. Mm-hmm. It's in California. California. It's in Florida. Yeah. It's in Georgia. Georgia has it every once in a while. Yeah. Right? There's a few. Uh, Pennsylvania's had it. Pennsylvania's kind of fallen off a little bit. But there are times where the best high school football team in America is not in the state of Texas. Yes. That is for sure. But And also, if you were to pit a great team from another place against a great team from Texas, I'm not saying that Texas was go- is going to win 100% of the time. Right. I'm not. I'm certainly not saying that. To me, what sets Texas high school football apart, mm-hmm. and the reason that it is the best, is because the quality depth mm-hmm. in the state of Texas. I think, first of all, I think the finest high school football coaches, I mean, there are obviously very good coaches elsewhere. I want to be clear about that. But if you're looking for the highest frequency of great high school football coaches, Texas is, in my opinion, unmatched. Yes. It's not really that close, in my opinion. That if you were to take the 50th best coach in Texas and you were to plant him in basically any other state, mm-hmm. I think he'd be the best coach in in almost every state with the exception of a couple. Yep. Right? So there's that. Furthermore, uh, I think if you were to take the top five teams from California, put them against the top five teams from Texas. You're going to have some interesting matchups. Texas might go two and three. Yep. Texas might go one and four in about a bad year or something like that. Right? Same thing with Florida. Mm-hmm. Same, same thing with Georgia, a few other places. But give me 15 through 20. Right. But 15 through 20 are going to would be destroy anybody bats. else. They would be just, they would get dog walked. Yeah. Okay. That's what it would be. That's, That's like putting like Cedar Hill up against someone. So else. what they're going to so run I'm, all over. So someone. what I'm saying is like, take the 15th best team from, uh, from uh, California and put them up, up against Crosby. Mm-hmm. Crosby will bully ball them mm-hmm. in my opinion. So, that's where we're starting this conversation, okay? I hope I've made clear what I mean by when I say that Texas high school football is the best. Overall, as a sum. So, let's take a look at how Texas did against the teams from outside the state of Texas. Texas versus There are a grand total of 65 games between Texas and outsiders last year. Texas won 41 of them, Okay. Not bad. Mm-hmm. On, uh, uh, in, on the whole, if you're looking, if you're interested, that is about 
a uh, let's see what was the final thing here. Oh my gosh, don't do that. Crap. Forty-one out. Uh, 41, of Forty-one out of twenty. Uh, 65. Sixty-five is one sixty-five is about a six thirty winning percentage. You take that six thirty winning percentage. You certainly take that. Okay. Now. What happened when they played particular states? Because they play, as you can probably see, they're going, and as you can probably imagine, they're going to play nearby states a lot more than they're going to play teams from Maine or teams mm-hmm. from Washington, right? So they played the most number of games. Texas played the most number of games against a pair of, uh, against, uh, let's see, yeah, against a pair of teams or states, New Mexico and Oklahoma. I don't think that's any surprise. You have a lot of West Texas teams that it's just plain old, a lot of El Paso teams, it's just plain old easier to play a team from New Mexico than it is to find a team that can come to you or that you can go to just quicker. You know what I mean? Like, just look at look at a map. Um, same thing goes with Oklahoma. You have a lot of teams up in the Panhandle, a lot of teams in North Texas that it's just easier to go and play teams from Oklahoma instead of finding some team, uh, you know, from there. I mean, uh, you know, I remember a couple of years ago, maybe it was 2020, um, it was like Canadian was looking for a game and they ended up playing a team from Kansas like last second. And it's like, it was only like 40 miles yep. for which them to is, get there. You which is I mean? way better than them trying to go yes. down to somewhere in Southeast Texas to find a game that's going to take five hours to get down there. Exactly right. Now, Texas uh, got the better of New Mexico in a big way. Mm-hmm. Seven fourteen winning percentage, uh, you know, uh, 15-6. Believe it or not, I was actually surprised by this. Oklahoma beat Texas this year 13-8 as far as games are concerned. Now, it's worth mentioning this includes private schools and public schools. Okay. It's worth mentioning. And when you take a look at the teams that did beat Texas teams, you do have like Jinx beating Mansfield Summit, right? That's a big-time program. Uh, Bixby, which is a big program. They beat Mansfield Timberview, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So, and, and, and Broken Arrow beat Mansfield Legacy. There are a number of teams, and we've we mentioned this before. When you get to Oklahoma, there are about six teams, five teams that are really, really, really good. Mm-hmm. Jinx, Union, Bixby's in that mix. Uh, Broken Arrow's gotten in that mix. Uh, there's probably one more that I'm missing at least um, from that area. Mostly in my, mostly generally around the Tulsa area. That's where the the power nexus is in Oklahoma, um, but. And, and the other thing is, something to consider, is we don't really know, like, as far as enrollments are concerned, we don't really know how to match these things up. Like, for example, Wellington lost to Duncan, Oklahoma. Uh, Duncan, Oklahoma, um, enrollment, let me see if I can find it real quick. Um, Duncan, Oklahoma has an enrollment of, we don't know. Uh, but there is a chance. <laughs> the limit does not the exist. The limit does not exist. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Um their total enrollment is 947, okay? Their total enrollment there at Duncan High School in Oklahoma is 947. They're playing Wellington. Mm-hmm. Wellington's a 2A Division II program. Yeah. So they're playing a team that's much bigger than them. So that's something to keep in mind as well. There's a lot of different varying factors. But in the end, don't make excuses about it. Oklahoma beat Texas this year, 13-8. Mm-hmm. to eight. Where Texas really made hay with a, was with two other bordering teams, mm-hmm. Okay. Louisiana and Arkansas. Start Louisiana. That's that's impressive. Eight and zero against Louisiana is impressive. Louisiana, uh, te- Texas goes eight and zero against Louisiana teams. Okay, did not did not get challenged. And by the way, like when we're talking about teams that are going and beating Louisiana teams, I'm looking up and down, 
And with all due respect to uh, our friends in, you know, the friends that I'm, I'm going to list here, a few of them, these aren't exactly, this isn't going to Park North Shore going mm-hmm. and beating them. Uh, the best team there is probably Houston Emory Weiner, which was a private school state champion in the six-man ranks. Um, they went there, but then you have West Harden, you have Chester, you have Evadale, and a lot of those is six-man because it's it's six-man in Southeast Texas. You're really on an island, so yes. you need teams that you can play. But Texas goes 8-0 against Louisiana. Texas went 6-1 and one against Arkansas. The one loss was when Argyle Liberty Christian hosted Pulaski Academy, which is that wild team out of Arkansas that never punts. Mm-hmm. And they got, um, well, they got beat 63-14. to 14. But the rest of it was kind of a, a, a domination, right? Pleasant Grove dominated Nashville. Uh, uh, Paris beat Arkansas High. Uh, Mansfield beat Bentonville West. Uh, McKinney. Uh, welcomed in Springfield Harbear, who's a pretty darn good Arkansas oh, team. Oh, yeah, and they absolutely. Beat them, right? Longview beat Bryant, et cetera. There was, so that's where Texas really made their hay, was with Louisiana and Arkansas. Uh, they also won a pair of games against Kansas, a game against a Mexican team, and a game against Louisiana. I'm sorry, uh, against New York. There's a new, who was that New York team? Let me make sure I look this up. That was fourth All Saints uh, beat Archbishop Stepanak, 38-28. Take that, New York. sure. Take How that about that? Then there's two teams that Texas took an O for against. One of them's Missouri. Uh, that was when uh, Tomball Christian Homeschool took on Lighthouse Christian out of uh, out of uh, Missouri and lost uh, 26 to 20. So Missouri is undefeated against Texas this year. And then there's the one that's probably going to get people talking. Yep. And that's California. Mm-hmm. California beat Texas three love. Mm-hmm. The the largest of which now, being the, the Duncanville game. Those games were uh, the modern day game against mm-hmm. Duncanville. And we've talked at length about that. And, and modern day is, in my opinion, just it's a different animal. Yes. I think they were the finest high school football team in America last year. And I don't really think I'm going out on a limb there. No, absolutely uh, not. They're certainly the most loaded. You talk to recruiting guys and they'll tell you that easy. Santa Margarita Catholic out of California beat Fort Nolan Catholic 31 to 13. Uh, and then El Paso del Valle took on El Centro, Central El Centro out of California as well, and lost uh, 36 to 28. Uh, does that mean that California has better high school football than Texas? It means that they beat them in three games. Mm-hmm. I'm certain. And, and, and look, I would put modern day. I think modern day would beat any team in Texas. Yes. Uh, that's not a, that, I don't think that's a real No, I day. think that's universally understood yes. by anyone who follows high school football. And there's a couple of other programs there that are, that are big-time powerhouses mm-hmm. that I think could come to Texas and really hang. My, once again, my claim would be that if you took the ninth-best team in, in California and played mm-hmm. against the ninth-best team in Texas, it would not be particularly pretty. Well, and someone just brought up the point, too, and this makes sense. It says, why doesn't Cali or Florida send their public schools versus Texas public schools? Because their public schools can't compete with our public schools. Um, that's certain. They're like super private school. And that's definitely something to talk about because no. you look at modern day and it's like they're playing by a little bit different rules. I mean, there, modern, you know? modern day, I believe our, our, our buddy Gabe Brooks is on here saying that they had like three sophomore offensive linemen who are like four-star or above. Sorry, yeah. Sophomore. One of them didn't even play last year. Right. So you're talking about a program that is a, a prospect factory. Mm-hmm. They are a different they're a different breed. Yes. You know what I mean? And so that's And their why rules are different. There's too, a lot I mean. of there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of, you know, ring wailing of you know, wailing and gnashing of teeth whenever Duncanville got dominated uh, by modern day. Mm-hmm. But I just don't necessarily think that's indicative of anything other than how good modern day is and how they've built their program. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there you go. 
Texas does win 41 to 24. Uh, they got a winning record against seven of the states that they played and or six of the states they played. And then Oklahoma, Missouri and California each have some bragging rights over the state of Texas. And there you go. That is Math Tuesday. Math Tuesday, Texas versus the world. <laughs> We're Texas football today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com. Talking football on the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Hope you'll consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas football subscriber. TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. Uh, you, if you want the 2022 summer edition of Dave Campbell's Texas football mailed to you before it hits newsstands go to texasfootball.com slash subscribe uh we are working on it right now uh we are doing a lot of fun a lot of writing a lot of editing a lot of chasing down questionnaires things like that we're uh we, we do some of the magazine to press right before memorial day is the way that we go so i believe if you're a subscriber you should get it a couple weeks after that and then it'll hit newsstands about a week or 10 days after that so textfootball.com slash subscribe if you want to get your hands on the 2022 summer edition of dave campbell's text football as soon as you can textfootball.com slash subscribe yeah don't wait no don't do it now pickle let's go to the hotline and let's go west to the Concho Valley to talk to the new head coach of the Water Valley Wildcats. We're joined by Coach Charles Bowles. Coach, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Doing excellent. How are things in beautiful Tom Green County? Well, it's uh, it's warm and dry. Okay. Well, <laughs> uh, I got to tell you, Coach, that that just sounds like a day ending in Y. Uh, out there, out there in, in the Contra Valley. Uh, you bet. I appreciate you taking a little bit of time to chat with us. Uh, you are in a very unique position, moving over uh, from Cumby to go take over a Water Valley program that is taking that is making the transition from six man to eleven man football. Uh, and and I'm interested, what was it about the job there at Water Valley that that drew you to it? Well, you know, I'd spent a few years out in the San Angelo area when I coached at Miles, and. Uh, became real familiar with, with Water Valley at that time. And uh, a good friend of mine that I'd coached with before, a guy named Keith Wolf, uh, was the head coach and AD at, at Water Valley at the time. And it was a six-man school at, still at the time. And, and uh, you know, he and I visited, and, and I got to know the superintendent a, a little bit, and, and we just realized it's just a, an outstanding school district, uh, a lot of tradition, uh, a lot of uh, success on the on the state level and in most every sport that they play in over the history of the school and uh, you know and it, it just the the idea of, of it being a school with with great expectations from the community, great expectations from the administration uh, always uh, intrigued me about this job and so uh, when. Uh, it came open, you know, obviously, I, you know, I looked at my wife and we love the San Angelo area and love the Concho Valley. And I said, Hey, you know, what do you think about moving back out West? And she said, yes, let's go. <laughs> she jumped all over it. But, uh, but you know, it just, it really is a great school district with great tradition. And so, uh, I think, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a great opportunity to, to build something special. Uh, this is a water Valley program that last is coming off of its best program or best season in program history. It spent 20 years at the six man level and, and did really good things last year, the run to the regional finals. Um, I'm interested in, in, in from what you're feeling out there in the community, what, what, uh, what is the community feeling right now about the transition from six man to eleven man? It's been two decades there on the on, on in the six man field. Uh, how right. are they feeling about moving over to the eleven man side? Well, obviously, there's there, there's some people that are very excited about it, and there's some people that are very apprehensive about it, and rightfully so. You know, it's it's a totally different game, and 
And, you know, a lot of people don't understand the 11-man game. And so, you know, they, we got to win those folks over and, and, and understanding that, you know, there's a, a lot of things about football that are just football, blocking, tackling, and executing a game plan and things like that. Or that's never going to change no matter how many people are on the field. So, uh, but, you know, as far as the community goes and, and the folks – you know, there, there. You know, there's there's some people that are really, really nervous and apprehensive about it. But uh, I think, uh, you know, uh, once they see what we're doing and once they they get an understanding of it, I think they'll, they'll come around. But the best part of it is, is it's great community, with great community support. And so, when their kids are on the field, they're going to they're going to support the heck out of them no matter what they do. Uh, we're talking with Charles Bowles, the head coach of the Water Valley Wildcats here on Texas Football today. Be involved in the conversation and hashtag TF today. Um, all right, coach. And so, so a good a question I've had is, is, is where do you start with, with something like this? These are guys, these are kids who have grown up and, you know, since, since water Valley has been a six man program for a while, uh, mm-hmm. six man, six man balls, kind of all they've, they've practiced, all they've known. Where do you start? What is, what is step one for you as far as helping them transition from excellence to the six man ranks to excellence in the 11 man ranks? Well, obviously, you know, we, it, it, just like when you're taking over at any school and I, I've been a head coach now for 20 years in the state of Texas and, you know, and obviously I've gone from one job to another more than once. And so learning a new playbook, learning new terminology and all that stuff, that's going to be the same no matter what job you take or where you go in the state of Texas. So that's that's part of it is, is getting new, new, learn the new terminology. But really, uh, for us, we'll, we're going to start with just the base fundamentals, simple uh, formations on offense. Uh, simplifying things as far as execution in the backfield, execution with the offensive line. And then, uh, you know, obviously on defense, <laughs> formation recognition is going to be a big part of it, you know, and, and getting kids to understand the terminology of, of the new game. But I really look at it as just a, a matter of learning a new playbook if I was a new coach going into a, a bigger school. Well, and, and, and certainly, you know, one thing that, that strikes me in watching Water Valley the past couple of years – uh, these don't strike me as kids lacking for football IQ. Uh, no, seems, not at all. It seems like no, they know they, what they, they're doing. It's just—is it just a matter of all right, guys? We've just got to—we got to wire our brain a little bit differently. Same game, just got to go and 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 learn new terminology and, and new way of doing business. I, I really think that's what it is. And again, you asked me what intrigued me about this job is uh, the kids here. They're they're used to winning. They're used to. Uh, uh, excelling at a high level and and and, and getting after it at a, at a very high level, and you know there's some things about six man football, you know their ability to to execute in space, their ability to make tackles in space, those things are going to carry over to being very very good football players, uh, uh, no matter again how big the field is or how many people are on the field. So we're excited about that. But the biggest thing is what you just said. The kids here great football IQ and they are hungry to be winners and they're hungry to hungry to be be good at this and so uh, that's a golly what a great opportunity for a coach to be a part of that uh Charles Bowles head coach at Water Valley joining us here on Texas football today can involve the conversation at hashtag TF today all right coach uh you've had an opportunity you got hired back there in February you've had an opportunity to to, to meet your meet your kids are, are there any guys any players that you've seen that, that 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 you're particularly excited about getting out there and on the field any but any names that uh that you feel like uh, could end up being household names by the time the the season rolls around 
<clears throat> well, you know, there, there's a, a few skilled kids. You know, I've, I've been able to coach track here for the last uh, two months, and so I've got to get really get to know the kids. So, Jaden Gibbs is a kid I think has got a lot of potential. Uh, he played running back and a little bit of quarterback last year. Uh, and, you know, he, he, he can run really well. He's got a lot of skill. Uh, he played football at San Angelo Central up through his freshman year. He's just a sophomore, so he's been around, you know, 11-man football quite a bit his whole life. I think he's pretty good. we got some good young kids. Anthony Quintana will be a sophomore. He's really good. Uh, he's got a lot of potential. Uh, here's one that's going to blow your mind. There, there's a sophomore named Josh Basulto, mm-hmm. who is 6'5 and 315 pounds. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. And, and, can, and can run. And, of course, in six-man football, he really didn't have a spot on the field. Uh-huh. And we're really excited about his potential and what he can he can do uh, on the field, you know. Uh, and there, there's there, you know that that's the thing. Water Valley's got some good lineman type kids here, uh, and uh, we're excited to see what they can do. Another kid, David Valeriano, uh, has played a lot of 11 man football in his life. He's a sophomore that's really having a stellar track season, and we're looking forward to seeing what he can do. Uh, Garrett Long, sophomore. Uh, you know, I've watched some film on him, and he's one of those kids that'll knock the taste right out of your mouth. So we're, we're excited to see what he can do uh, on the field as well. So He's Charles Bowles. He's the new head coach of the Water Valley Wildcats. Coach, really appreciate your time. Congratulations again on the new gig, and uh, very excited to see what you guys do uh, in the fall. Yeah, well, thanks a lot for calling. It's great to visit with you guys. Absolutely. Thanks, Coach. All right, bye-bye. There he goes. Charles Bowles, head coach of the Water Valley Wildcats, joins us here at Texas Football Today. Uh, Six, five, 300 pounds, I'd say that'll uh, so work got, for you, so coach. They've got 100, <laughs> 116 kids in their school, and one of them six five and 315 pounds. pounds. Like, okay, that'll uh, work. Because that's, that's probably, I would say, whenever you see teams transition from 6-man to 11-man, the mm-hmm. biggest issue is probably just finding size up size, front. Size, yeah. Because in 6-man football, like, yes, y- you want to have, like, a center – and but he, that's or, about yeah, it. But like, I mean, but like, it's also kind of important that he's can be a weapon in yeah. the passing game too. You know what I mean? So it's it's just it's a different game in that regard. So I think it's going to be very interesting to see what they do. And like I said, this is a program that is not hurting for talent. Mm-hmm. They've they've had they've been Clearly. really good the past few years. Last year, of course, the the, the best year in program history. You know the. Uh, a, Twelve and one record all the way to the regional finals. The event lost to uh, lost to May in the regional finals. Um, this is a this is a program that I think could make that rapid transition. Um, it, it's it's just and I think that having a veteran coach like Coach Bowles in there, you mentioned he's been around for twenty years. Um, that's probably the right move, mm-hmm. and it's probably what you need in a situation like this, wherein if you if you were to bring in a rookie coach. It just maybe a, a harder, harder task yeah. to, to get these kids that know football and understand mm-hmm. football, just teaching them the new way. So I think that Coach Bowles is going to do good, big things there, and I think Water Valley is going to be uh, on the rise here pretty soon. So we appreciate Coach Bowles hopping on with us. Let's go over to Ashley Pickle to America's second favorite segment, Final Thoughts. I uh, had a question earlier um, asking if my father or grandfather was a high school football coach, and the answer to that on all counts is no. Uh, my Ooh. has there ever been a pickle to coach in Texas high school football? I can I look know. this up. Okay, let's see. Listen to live coverage. I mean, I can. While you're looking for that, real fast, my my father and his dad, my grandfather, are both 
they were both in higher education. So my dad's an admissions counselor for Texas Tech, and my grandfather was a professor at Auburn and St. Edwards, and he also wrote business textbooks. And then on my mom's side, my grandfather was a uh, he was a firefighter. So no. So the closest I have, there's not a pickle, mm-hmm. but there is an Albert Pickell. Pickell. P i c k e l l. Hmm. So maybe he coached at Beaumont French from 1931 to 1941, <laughs> then went to war, came back, was, uh, came back, had a job at Beaumont French. He went to the staff at Lamar, and then he coached at Nederland and Webster from 1948 to 1952. Um, I don't believe there was ever a Tepper. Let me make sure of this. There's yeah, not. we didn't have... Nope. We were kind of a family of basketball players more than, that than football see. players. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, I mean, even my brother, who doesn't necessarily, is not a sports guy, mm-hmm. he uh, he played basketball. So, I mean, we all we all grew up playing basketball. So, no... No, no football coaches, mm-hmm. no. Um, um, just okay. a bunch of people in higher education tends yeah. to be the, yeah. the path there. I so, understand. yeah. I understand. That's why Pickle's going to go be a teacher. It's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending Absolutely a little bit of your day with us. Falls you could not pay me enough. <laughs> Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Also on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Thanks to Charles Bowles of Water Valley for being our guest. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please meet your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow at Texas Football Today. Thank you.